You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Keep tightening. That is the message from the IMF to the ECB. In a new report out today, the International Monetary Fund says a tightening bias is necessary to combat stubborn inflation. Maria Tadeo is in Brussels with Kristalina Goryeva, IMF Managing Director. Maria? Indeed, and she is here with me in the studio. Madame Yorgieva, it's always very good uh, to see you. And to some extent, you're back home because, well, you're Bulgarian. You used to be a commissioner. You have been on a European tour. You were in Luxembourg. Today, you're in Brussels. And I know you watched that press conference yesterday from Madame Lagarde. The message was very clear. We've got to hike, hike, hike. Inflation is still too high. Is that something you want to endorse? That is something we endorse wholeheartedly because uh, while headline uh, inflation seems to have picked and is going slightly down, uh, core inflation is very stubborn. And uh, in our projections, we see inflation going to the target of ECB only sometime in uh, 2025. That's very far off. Too long, too high. And so we uh, think that uh, some further tightening would be necessary to bring inflation firmly under control. And let me say why this is so important. Because if inflation continues to run high, one, that means interest rates have to stay higher for longer. When they're higher for longer, financial vulnerabilities could get exposed. Two, high inflation, high interest rates, inevitably this is going to impact growth. And uh, we want the European economy, the world economy, to grow. We worry that our projections for growth are uh, kind of on the weak side. We only expect growth at 3% over the next five years. We have to get out of the inflation trap to create a better environment for stronger growth. And, and, and that was essentially what Madame Lagarde also said yesterday. She also added, by the way, July, get ready for it, there will be another hike. The debate today in Europe, everyone's talking about this is, will there be another one in September? I'm not sure if you want to give me a number of how many more hikes. But, but is that something that you say, 
July, September, whatever is needed. I, 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 I would say Madame Lagarde, TCB, they're guided by data. They would watch the data very carefully. They would make a decision on that uh, basis. If inflation continues to be resisting the actions they take, uh, they will have to do some uh, more. Uh, of course, uh, uh, for the good of the economy, uh, we also have to make a call to the fiscal policy side. Yes. Please don't spend too much because you spent that pushes demand up, that pushes prices up, and then uh, rates have to stay higher for longer. And, and you met with finance ministers uh, yesterday. Are they listening to you or do they tell you, you know, my problem is there's elections across Europe, the energy situation, by the way, prices shot up yesterday still. Uh, it, it's difficult to fine tune that. Do you feel they listen to what you're seeing or it's still very difficult to navigate that space? They are. They see the problem in front of them. I mean, we are in a situation when um, uh, monetary policy is putting uh, a foot on the brake. Well, if fiscal policy steps on the accelerator, we are for a very, very bad ride. You're going to crash the car. Everybody understands that. We would crash the car. Uh, the problem uh, is that uh, putting measures that support households and firms is easy. Pulling them is hard. And yet uh, uh, policymakers have to have the courage to let these measures expire. Uh, if we get hit by another round of uh, uh, peak of energy prices, then they can support those who need it. But take the time now, be prepared to be more targeted. So it is easier to carry on the fiscal front. And, and speaking of crashing, hopefully not, but yesterday we had Peter Pratt of, on the show and of course a former chief economist of the ECB and he did say the soft landing, however, it's becoming hard now for the ECB. Do you trust Madame Lagarde? Do you think she can get to that point and build that consensus, what? make the right choice? I inherited her job at the IMF. You she did. has done a fabulous job there and I'm sure she would do a very good job for the European people. Uh, and I trust her because the ECB has been uh, very, very focused on what is the story data tells them and then uh, make decisions on that basis. And something that I find remarkable, we don't talk enough about it, is how much more coordination, cooperation there is across major central banks. You would say there is, because some would say it's starting to look a little bit all over the place. Some cutting, some maybe going, we're going to pause, reassess. The ECB yesterday shut that debate down. They said we're not going to pause. Well, let's remember that ECB started somewhat later than the Fed. And the situation in Europe is different from the situation in the US. How is it di different? Mm -hmm. Well, first, the US has not been hit as hard by energy prices. Europe suffered a bigger blow. What does it mean? It means Europe had to, to give more help to households and to firms. Uh, and that, of course, pushes uh, demand uh, up. And the second uh, way in which uh, Europe and, and US are, are different is what we see in the United States is that uh, the actions of the Fed are showing that there is some uh, softening of the, of the economy. Here, I, I love being in Brussels. <laughs> I go around, well, restaurants are full. People are at work. And that's the problem, isn't it? The services is going strong, the manufacturing. Yes. However, there's exactly. a lot of fears in, in Europe about yes. the future of that sector. Do, do you fear that? Oh, you, you see it in the data. 
countries that are more dependent on contact-intensive industries, say tourism. They were badly hit in 2020, but now they're That's recovering reversed. very strongly. They have, they have a higher growth, uh, whereas countries that are more manufacturing dependent, more affected by energy prices, more affected by the whole energy transition that Europe is uh, uh, carrying, and more affected by external demand for manufacturing products. You see what is happening in China, slowing down. Yes. China slows down, Asia slows How down. How much do you fear the Chinese impact in this? Uh, what the Chinese... It looks like they want to stimulate the economy. They have... They have ample fiscal and monetary policy space. They were very cautious in prior years. And this is why the Chinese economy, one, being locked down, two, not enough policy support. It went uh, last year in uh, the unthinkable average growth lower than the global average. Never happened in mm -hmm. 40 years. Now they are starting to, to, to inject a little bit of policy support to the economy. But I, I'll tell you, uh, I look at, uh, at uh, China, uh, it is affected. The uh, real estate market yes. uh, is not quite yet fully recovered. The, uh, is it fatal, critical? I don't think so. I okay. don't think so. And, uh, and uh, the government and People Bank of China, they're paying very close attention to okay. it. But it is uh, harmed. Uh, and then you look at the uh, reshaping of global supply uh, um, uh, chains because obviously everybody recognizes you cannot be dependent on one source on anything. That is having uh, implications for China. Uh, the tradition China ha had of capital inflows, whenever whenever the economy is uh, uh, perking up, they get lots of capital flows. We are not seeing that much of, of it happening. So when I think of uh, European manufacturers, those that have been more integrated um, uh, with China, of course, they feel it. But, but beyond China, what we see this year is growth is slowing down. 90% yes. of advanced economies are slowing down. And that has implications, of course, for European open economies that are, that are more integrated uh, in the world economy. And, and a very short question on this. For that European mm -hmm. recession, technical recession now, mm -hmm. do you feel this becoming a mild one that can get soft? Or actually, do you go, this could turn structural and, and there's a fundamental growth problem here? We think that it is uh, uh, one that will pass. Our projections for this year still is to have a positive growth. Uh, we, we gave a number, 0.8% in April for this year, mm -hmm. 1.4% for mm -hmm. next year. We are going to update these numbers, but I can tell you that we look at uh, data and it looks like pretty much the same. Uh, European Central Bank went down closer to our projections on, mm -hmm. on growth. They, go, they went up closer to our projections on inflation. This is the problem for Europe. Growth slowing down, but inflation not falling suit as fast as possible. Ergo focus on breaking, bringing inflation down. And that's our entire credibility. And just to wrap it up, uh -huh. uh, maybe you can help us figure out what is one of the key questions is this week. When you watch the press conference from Mr. Powell, and, and, and the reason why I say this again, mm. going back to central yep. bank coordination, did you get what he meant? Some say that hawkish pause, maybe yes, no, maybe policy error, just bad communication. Did, did you understand it? What did he mean? Our understanding of where the U.S. is, is uh, labor market is still very strong. Demand is still very strong. Uh, so 
what we are seeing is uh, some reduction in lending, but not dramatic. Uh, and therefore, when Chair uh, uh, Paul says pause, he means pause. He doesn't mean stop and reverse. He doesn't mean stop and reverse. So for you, that pause means pause. Please, <laughs> let's see how, how, how we are going uh, uh, in the next month, because our concentration now is on a very simple question. When you try to constrain demand with high interest rates, normally there is response. Demand shrinks, mm -hmm. lending contracts somewhat. This time, at this point of the hiking cycle, we don't quite yet see it. Does it mean that there is a miracle and it would disappear, this impact would disappear? I doubt it. So there would be some slowing down. And then we come to your question. Can we avoid hard landing? And the answer is, with careful calibration of uh, monetary policy, take the pulse, look at the data, and then you decide what to do next. Uh, it is possible. But yes, no the path, the path is uh, narrower. Well, Madame Irkieva, what a time to be the head of the IMF, but always great to see you. And this time around yeah. uh, in Europe, we tend to see you in D.C., but you're back to, to some say your old home, because you used oh, to be oh, a European Very much it is. Uh, some had seven years in uh, uh, Tibet. I have my seven years in Brussels. What's tougher? I don't know. Well, thank you so <laughs> thank much you. for that. Appreciate it. Thanks thank very you. much. Uh, Guy, of course, that was uh, Kristalina Irkieva, the Managing Director at the International Monetary Fund, joining us today in Bloomberg. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.